Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, my name is Justin, host of Inverse, and we're thankful that you guys are listening through the podcast or watching through the video. In the studio, we have Israel and Kali and Siku, and I'll say hello to them. Hello. Acknowledge their existence hey. in the universe, and we want to acknowledge your existence in the universe. Hello to each <laughs> one of you out there as well. Uh, we are studying the book of Leviticus, and we've gone through chapter by chapter, and now there's a lot more chapters to go, so we're just going to kind of cherry pick the ones that we want to look at, because there's just a lot to, to look at. So we're going to go to Leviticus chapter nine. Uh, this study, this week's study is not necessarily one chapter, but we're looking at worship in general. We looked at the sacrifices and now that things are set, we got the, 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 the building has been built in Exodus. The people have been uh, set up as the priesthood in, in Leviticus. The people have been educated on which sacrifices and now we're going to like press play and now everything is going to go. And uh, as, you, as you already might know, we got some issues to, to deal with. So we're going to go to Leviticus chapter 9. I'm going to go a couple, read, a couple, read a couple verses from there and then bounce around uh, wherever we want to go in this episode. So Callie, can you pray for us uh, to bless the bouncing around in the Bible? <laughs> yes, let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, we're grateful that you have guided us thus far in these different weeks as we have studied uh, Leviticus. We trust that there is still so much more that you desire to show us. And so I pray that you'd guide us as we start in chapter 9, and I pray that you would guide us um, with wisdom and clarity into all the different places that we can go, that you'd bring stories, you'd bring experiences to our minds, and that we would truly enjoy studying your word together today, and that whatever you seek to teach us, it would sink deep into our hearts and minds, Amen. and we would see Jesus more clearly and love him more because of the time we spend. We pray this in His name. Amen. 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 I love how a lot of the inverse uh, studies have sunk deep into our hearts. Uh, I mean, we, we can go around, we won't do it now, but we can go around and we just think of, even though we've studied it and we come to this table, uh, this table of the last couple of seasons, but another table of, of, of the, 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 the other seasons, and we come up with, we just, the Holy Spirit leads us, and it's just a cool, uh, in vivo, organic uh, uh, experience. Experience. <laughs> yeah, experience. Um, let's go to Leviticus chapter 9 and uh, let's read the Bible. Israel can read verse 22 to 24. Then Aaron lifted his hand toward the people, blessed them, and came down from offering the sin offering and burnt <laughs> offering and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Yeah. Siku, can you kind of, um, we looked at the five uh, sacrifices, but then in the last episode, can you just give us a brief update and we can just jump from there into this, this, okay. this, uh, this uh. study. Yeah, in the last episode, we kind of pivoted from talking about the sacrifices to talking about like the people involved. Mm -hmm. And in particular, we're talking about the priesthood. Um, uh, Aaron and his sons were being consecrated for mm -hmm. their ministry that they were to perform, which was, which, is, which was a ministry that was representing the people before God mm -hmm. um, in the sacrificial ritual. So mm -hmm. that becomes, the, the priesthood becomes Yes, central in the worship experience of Israel when they're bringing their sacrifices mm -hmm. to God. 
Yeah, and in chapter nine we see, and we didn't read the first part, and we don't we don't have time to. But uh, there's Aaron and his sons bring and they bring all these sacrifices, and this is where priestly ministry is now getting started, and everything is matching up to what God wanted to do. And the cool thing I think after studying the five uh, offerings is when you go back to Genesis or back to some of these stories, and they said, and this person offered up a burnt offering you kind of know a little bit more nuanced mm -hmm. on why they offered the burnt offering. Or they, they know this person felt like he was running away from his brother but wanted to make you know uh, restitution, so he offered up a, a sin offering or a yeah. trespass offering. There's a little bit more context, whereas before it was just, oh, uh, he just offered up another offering. All right, and then just, uh, uh, well then sometimes they have combinations of three or four or two, and why there's these mixing. They're all ultimately pointing to Jesus, but there is, uh, there's, there's more nuance. So we see that in the verse 22, and Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people, blessed them, and came down from offering the sin, burnt, and peace offerings, those three, three out of those five specifically. And then what do we see happening that, that uh, from, from God's end, in verse 24, fire comes down and burns the offering. And we see that worship is really a central uh, point in, in Leviticus. Um, what are some elements of, of worship that we see in, Revel, uh, not Revelation, in, in Leviticus uh, back then that we need today, mm. that we don't have today? And we, we talked a lot about worship in our last quarter on the three angels' messages, but we can bring some of those elements out today, especially when it comes to Leviticus. What are some elements that we see? Well, one that comes to mind, I don't know if we don't have it at all, but we need more of it, and that is a sense of awe in mm. God's presence. Mm -hmm. You see that reaction here in verse 24, when yeah. all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces, and there's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And I kind of awe and also respect. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can trace back to different parts of, of my childhood where I clearly um, did not have respect in the house of the Lord, and my mom, reminded me that that's what was happening. Um, so I was like running around. <laughs> and, and I just, cause like, yeah, it's like, this is just a big room where my friends are and it's like, whatever. Um, but you can see here that's really being emphasized. And I, I don't think we need to bring back the killing of animals in order to get mm -hmm. that respect in God's presence. But that is something that very much, I, I sense it in my own life, and I think in the lives of a lot of us that we don't have that awe and that that deep respect and that that good fear mm -hmm. in God's presence. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember uh, we talked about it in a couple episodes, and we want to encourage you to go to hopetv.org/inverse, and you can look at the back episodes, especially the ones on the three angels' messages. There's these, I think, episodes. Um, I'm making it up right now, but in the middle, like five through <laughs> eight-ish, we talked a lot about worship, a lot about awe, and mm -hmm. a lot about this, and the difference between respect and awe. Mm -hmm. uh, and you mentioned deep respect, and I think mm -hmm. that's uh, it's hard to find what that is. Uh, you know, when we meet, uh, you know, George Washington, actually, uh, you, you, uh, you don't want to meet George Washington. Yeah, that's that's another quarter that we <laughs> talked about. Different study. Um, different study. <laughs> but when you meet, like, the President of the United States or President of whatever respective country, then you're like, oh, there's just a deep respect. That is not worship. That is not mm -hmm. the awe that we get. Um, the, at least neurologically, uh, and I, I think last quarter you weren't here. Were you here last quarter? I was here last quarter, but I don't think I was on that episode. You were that episode. Okay, um, just neurological. I show this, but like when people experience like something bigger than themselves, they experience like the stars or nature or music or groups of people moving together, they experience this awe. But neurologically, the same re reaction is felt when you experience hu uh, 
ginormous uh, travesty and, and, and dread, you know? Oh, know? For example, like an earthquake and, you know, 50 million people died. Mm -hmm. And you, know, when you encounter like, wow. It's not fear. It's not the like, oh, you're afraid of earthquakes or, but it's just the, the gravitas of, of the tragedy. You know, 9-11, 2,000 people died and you're standing at the towers. You're not afraid of terrorists and planes coming down. You're, you're just, I, I don't know what the right word is, but in, it's the same feeling, awe. Mm. of the power of the magnitude of evil. Mm. Uh, but you, but you, whether it's evil or good, neurologically it's the same. And so when you're encountering God, uh, obviously we trust in His goodness, you know, mm. His warmth and His gentleness, but, but at the same time, mm -hmm. He is quite the powerful God. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I love, and I, we used this before, but C.S. Lewis, he says that God, you know, likened to a lion, that, that he, he's, not a, he's, not a, uh, he's not a tame lion. He's still a wild lion. At any moment, he has the instincts of a lion, but he's a good lion mm -hmm. that you can trust. And I just, it's just a simple way of, of, of bringing those two things. Mm -hmm. That's really worship. Mm -hmm. And I... Okay, Siku and it's... Yeah, when <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you, you asked like what, what is in here, like in the verses yep. that we read, 20 to 24, um, the one thing that I see is the centrality of God in mm -hmm. worship. Mm -hmm. Like you bring in the sacrifices, um, their sacrifices to God mm -hmm. that point to God mm -hmm. and you know God's response to the worship that you're bringing and like mm -hmm. you just see like God at the center of the worship experience mm -hmm. which perhaps in our worship experience may be lacking that God may not at times be the center of our worship experience which is kind of weird to say because we're supposed to be worshiping God mm -hmm. but you know um, the, the quality of the music becomes the, yes. you know, the center of the worship experience, yes. like the harmony. The musician, the, the, yeah. uh, the instruments, mm -hmm. the pastor, the mm -hmm. preacher, mm -hmm. my sons, you oh, know, uh, our children. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's yeah. reality. Uh, we, our children are, we are going there to see our friends, yeah. uh, not in the, in the pew only, but also they're doing something up front. So mm -hmm. let's go to see them. Mm -hmm. That's really where the awe factor is. Yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no, no, it, it, it's exactly that. And, and God, God stops being the center mm -hmm. of the worship experience. Mm -hmm. Whereas when the, when scripture is opened, it should be about lifting yeah. God up, you know, our, Music is a worship to God, you know, so mm -hmm. the centrality of God in the worship experience is mm -hmm. one of the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of things that kind of jumped out at me as everyone was talking. I think, first of all, it talks about um, the fact that there were offerings of sin offering, burnt offering, peace offering. It wasn't just one, but it was like a total commitment to God, a total commitment and peace between people. The, the relationships are all affected my relationship with God, my sin, my relationship with other people. When we come to worship, those things are things that should be dealt with and handled. Mm. So worship is not just, I go to church and I listen to a sermon. It's a place of fixing problems that have mm. grown over time, mm. right? That's number one. The other thing that is after that's done, that, it's, that is done in response to the command of God. Mm. So there's obedience to God that is, that is uh, spoken of in these passages, right? So after they have dealt with their relationship with God, their relationship with each other, and they have obeyed the commandments of God, then something happens. This, th oh, there's also the element of sacrifice, right? That people are coming, they're, they're mm -hmm. sacrificing. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when that is done in the worship experience, when we come to God and when we deal with our sins to each other, our sins to God, to ourselves, 
we follow and we obey the commandment of God, then the glory of God is manifested, mm -hmm. right? So the glory of God is manifested. And when that glory is manifested, it's manifested in to, to portray the fact that God's favor is upon his people. Mm. And so the presence of God comes, it is manifested, it consumes the, 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 the sacrifice, and it shows his approval of what mm -hmm. we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that we don't receive the manifestation of God's glory today the way they did then because we don't come to worship, like Siku said, with the same uh, uh, components they come to, mm -hmm. right? We come to listen or to hear or to whatever. And then after, after, and it is only after this takes place, after obedience, after sacrifice, after the manifestation of God, after all of these things, it is only after all of this stuff takes place that there is a concept of adoration. Mm. And I think that the difference as I'm, as I'm contemplating now, my experience with this experience is, I come to church immediately wanting adoration. And so we, we, we manufacture adoration. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we manufacture all of these different things. Praise session and music, mm -hmm. inspiration yeah. time. And, uh, yeah. 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 Even, even in prayer, right? Yeah. Even the, the people, we, when we preach the prayers True. and we like call down the power of God upon the pulpit and we beat it and whatever, right? Oh, you do Nothing that? Nothing against oh. Randy, but yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that rather than seeking adoration, and trying to focus on adoration, we ought to connect the dots as to why isn't, why isn't, mm. uh, mm -hmm. why aren't we receiving the manifest, manifestation of God's power? Because we don't come to worship ready to confess our sins, ready to let go of our mm -hmm. sins, ready to fix broken relationships. Mm -hmm. We just come wanting to. Mm -hmm. That's awful. Yeah. I see something very interesting that links chapter 9 and chapter 10. In verse 24, fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering. That's, it's also, if you look at the narrative, you have the Shekinah glory fire from the most holy place and out from that fire. This is like from God's presence. The fire comes out and accepts the sacrifice. And this fire now is, is, is the fire, the source of fire, fire. Of which, um, <laughs> of which the the altar of sacrifice and the candlesticks, all all things are activated using supernatural fire. Mm -hmm. And in chapter ten, you have the fall of Nadab and Abihu, the two sons of Aaron, because and it's just in my weird imagination. They're just like they're tired of the sacred fire, so they're just on the side and then just to see them, you know, they're smoking up, you know, uh, a little cigarette and they're using just a little lighter which is regular common fire, and they're mixing common fire with the sacred fire. And, and similar to your thing, like we're, we're just kind of like, we're not, we have no expectation of supernatural things when we come to worship. We just come, we, we go through a program, we're looking through our bulletin wanting to be finished, we're rushing through it. This is more motifs that we're, we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we're, and then because this is, that's wrong, then we're creating these synthetic enthusiasm, synthetic program, and then just kind of artificial fire, and there's no expectation of, and in the whole thing, even though we're invoking God's name and we're, ex, we're we, we have, we're, we're using God, 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 we're at, there's no expectation of God coming. So God in his gentleman, gentlemanness, he's also quiet too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think what happens, the result of that is the same thing with uh, mm. Nahab and Abaiju. Mm. It's, you know, there is this element of abomination. We live lives of abomination. What, what do I mean by that? We live lives that clearly speak contrary to the things that we say we believe in, mm. right? Mm. So we say that we're converted people, that we're changed people, that we love God, and yet, our lives testify of weak moral standards, you know, 
uh, horrible speech, you know, towards others, not caring about uh, other people's, you know, experiences or thoughts or feelings. I think all of this is a result of the mixture of what you're saying, the sacred with the common. We, mm -hmm. we, we take God and rather than us being more like him, we just take him and we baptize everything that we do with just a little bit of some God sprinkles and then boom, that's, mm -hmm. where, that's where we're at. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, um, I, I need to, to speak to, to this thing because this is, this is really hitting me. Um, with, with what we would like our worship experience to be, we would like it to be like that praising Jesus, you know, from, and you know, like you can feel when, you know, when the service is dry, quote unquote, you know, mm -hmm. and you're like, you know, I came to have church today and I didn't have church, you know, like, mm -hmm. and we want that to have an experience, right? Um, but I just really appreciate it, like looking through the prog progression of how that experience comes about. Mm -hmm. It starts with brokenness before God, because that sin offering, that burnt offering, the, the peace offering, it, it has to do with like confessing before God, right? Like that I, I am a sinner, you know, like I, and I need the sacrifice of Jesus mm. and that it, I need all of who Jesus is and take all of who I am. And that leads to, you know, this reconciliation of relationships. And practically speaking, we go to church with people that we can't talk to. Mm -hmm. that we refuse to talk to because there's drama and there's beef between mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And we want, yet we want to have this worship and adoration like I felt the Holy Spirit experience, but we're not willing to go through the, the this of it, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the difficulty and the pain of working through those relationships, you know, of, and sometimes it's not that you'll be quote reconciled as in everybody is in peace and harmony because it takes two parties, but there's maybe there's forgiveness that needs to happen in my heart for the reconciliation that is not about to happen, you mm -hmm. know, but putting in the work, I guess I'm saying, and, and not work that is salvific because all of this is all about the sacrifice of Jesus, mm -hmm. but it's a work that recognizes the sacrifice of Jesus, mm -hmm. right? It's a work that recognizes that what Christ has done for me means that I must come to him in submission. Mm. And it's the worship experience becomes powerful because of my attitude of surrender, my attitude of, of yielding myself to what God wants to do in me and in the community of fellowship that I'm in. Mm. Mm. I think the mm. other thing, to, 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 to that comes to back. my mind as you're, as you're saying that is the fact that these things are as much a component of worship as adoration. You know, when I'm reconciling myself with uh, my brother, my sister in Christ, that is as critical to worship as seeking God's adoration or his glory or his, you know, blessing. So not just a, uh, an activity on one day from nine o'clock to twelve or whatever it is, but uh, relationships throughout the week mm -hmm. impacting, yeah, are as much a part of worship, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, what, what's really cool about Leviticus, and not just in chapter nine and ten, but from this point on, that we see that worship, and, and just piggyback on you guys, it's going to now weave in through really all the the life attributes of the Israelites. Like God has called them out of, of Egypt, He's called them out, and He's He's teaching. But then now that He has a people set apart, now He's going to wanting just to to, to recreate this this super holy uh, ecosystem of like of 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 uber holiness, right? Just whatever. So He gives them the Sabbath. We've talked about the Sabbath. He gives them the sanctuary. There's there's, there's 
years, like in, in physical uh, architectural format. He gives them a calendar, the feast days. There's food, there's smells, there's relationships, there's leadership, there's like, like everything, like even your address of where you're living at, which tent is at. Like this is just holiness, holyopolis going on here, holyopolis. right? And then in the midst of holyopolis, there's all this junk that happens also. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a, a, a travesty and the travesty. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question is this: um, How come we don't have this today? What should we do this today? Should we create, recreate the feast days, recreate the sanctuary, or, or do we have something better? Is it better? How do you... Yeah, yeah. I, I think we have something better. I think the problem that <laughs> the problem that we have as human beings is our need to constantly want to create. I mean, since we have fallen, mm. let's create. Let's create a cover-up for our own unrighteousness over and over and over and over. This is our human tendency. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve fall. Rather than going to Jesus, you know what? We should create something that covers our nakedness. Mm. And then the Israelites, they're given something by God as a gift. Let's, instead of taking the gift as God gives it to us, let's recreate something out of this. Let's make something really, really awesome out of this. Let's create a bubble, right? And so they use these tools that God gives of, of sacrifices or whatever, uh, this whole system, and then they create, out of those materials, they create a bubble. Then we say, oh no, this was horrible. Good thing Jesus came and broke, popped that bubble. And now we look back and we're like, why don't we create another system, right? And this, <laughs> this you know, let's create more systems with what yeah. God gives us. And yeah. I think what scripture teaches us over and over and over again, and with the gift of Christ is, listen, if you don't get it by the time Christ comes into play, <laughs> There's actually literally nothing else that God can do. Mm. I mean, he is, like uh, Sigu said earlier in a, in a different uh, episode, he is the, the full, the fullness of God, you know, the full image of his glory and whatever other big word, right? Express in, image. Yeah, in uh, Hebrews, yeah, Hebrews 1. So all of that is in Jesus. Now, there's nothing, that cannot be modified. It cannot be made better. It cannot you can't get a 2.0. I think the the only thing we can do is accept that, but accept it in a real and genuine way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that differs across who we are. Like what it means for me to accept the sacrifice of Christ cannot be a formula for what it means to you, right? We cannot, mm-hmm. we cannot experience cannot be transferred. We have to accept it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's the better method. Okay. Amen. The new bubble. Amen. <laughs> Justin, Siku, Kelly, come to the cross. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. On, on, I mean, it's it, what Israel said that we we do have borrowing from Hebrews, right? Mm. From from Paul's letter to the Hebrews, or sermon to the Hebrews. Jesus being the embodiment of all of these things. That means we do have what is better because we have the thing that all these things were pointing to, mm-hmm. right? Um, we we can we have the opportunity to have the indwelling spirit, right? Um, the New Testament talks about you know the, where we are the temple of the living God. Like they had a tent that they would go to a tent of meeting and then you had the Shekinah glory manifested there. But we get to be that temple and the Holy Spirit can dwell in us. So, I mean, we have what we have what is better than the symbols that were pointing to Mm -hmm. these things, these realities. We have the reality Mm -hmm. if we would embrace the reality. Right. And I mean, 
I guess I'm just rephrasing what Israel said like, in, in the way that I'm processing is we, already, we do have what's better. If we would embrace mm -hmm. what is better, it's not that we need to go backwards. We actually we need to go forwards, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole purpose of all of this, backtracking a little bit to, to last week's um, study, the purpose of all of this is not for pride. It's not for, oh, look how awesome we are. We have the Holy Spirit. Or like, oh, look how awesome our worship experience is. All of this ultimately, because we're still in a sinful world, all of this becomes a way for those who don't have the privilege of this interaction with God to come to a knowledge of Him, mm. right? So it's, it is, it's awesome and it's beautiful and we should experience it. We should experience reconciliation amongst ourselves. We should experience community. We should experience like this connection with God. We should experience true worship in a genuine way. But then that does not live unto itself. It doesn't become this bubble. It's so that other people can be drawn into that community and it serves a purpose beyond just itself. Mm. And so I think, yes, we, we, we have what's better already, but we need to be moving forward with what is better mm -hmm. into the fullness of what God intended for what this ought to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I love me some rituals. I love routines. Uh, David, my husband, teases me sometimes because whenever we do something new that I really like, I'm like, we should do this every day or we should do this <laughs> every Thursday. And he's like, oh, OK. <laughs> um, and I so I, I get that. You know, I, I really like the repetition and just being able to look forward to things infused with meaning. Um, but I totally agree with everything Israel and Siku have said. And the analogy, imperfect as it is, that comes back to mind is a lot of these things and these symbols and these feast days, they were training wheels, as it were, mm -hmm. to try to get the Israelites to Jesus. And now we have Jesus. Now we are really good mountain bikers, right? And we're like, man, I really miss my training wheels. Mm. Training wheels were so cool. It's like, man, you're an Olympic mountain biker. What are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you yearning mm. for your training wheels? Mm. You don't need the training wheels. And you're missing the point of flying down a really fun mountain mm. on your great bike. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we're longing for something. And I think there's other aspects to it too. Like I, I could see how sometimes we, we long for the more immersive experiences because then we can do more. Mm -hmm. We can craft more of our experiences. Like, well, I can build a really cool booth <laughs> to experience those days in, and I can have these really cool decorations. But it's like, all of that was meaningless. Mm. All of its meaning was founded and summed up and completed in Jesus. Mm. And we have access to him. Mm -hmm. So now to do it would literally mean nothing mm -hmm. because Jesus already did it all. Yeah. You know, my reaction to all that is just really utter, utter surrender, Lord. Yeah. I mean, I, I like your, your Olympic uh, training wheel <laughs> illustration. Right. And like, Lord, now that it's all been completed, uh, I'm just, Lord, I surrender. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, let, let, let's, let's, let's go win the Olympics now. Kinda, let's do kinda, it. Kinda, That's like, right. Uh, you know, I'm Spartacus and, and rise up. Amen. Uh, <laughs> and, he can, and he's by our side, moment by moment, day by day. We don't have to wait. Yeah. September, October, November, December, mm. whatever these. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah whatever yeah. Olympics happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in light of that, we have all the feast days pointed to Jesus, the sanctuary pointed to Jesus, all this Old Testament, all these types and symbols pointed to Jesus. And now we have Jesus uh, waiting for his second coming is the next uh, event on the timeline. And what, what do we do while we wait for uh, his literal event of coming? We worship at his feet and we pray for the Holy Spirit and my heart is higher 
is my desire. Our desire at this table is praying for the latter rain, the Holy Spirit, the fire to come down once again and to set our hearts on fire mm -hmm. in light of the, the training wheels that He's given us, mm -hmm. and all these things to run the race until the end. That's my prayer, that's our prayer, hopefully that's your prayer out there, all from stemming from the book of Levit Leviticus. We'll see you next week as we continue it here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is inverse.